How we doing, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day a true proletarian revolution. But until that day comes, I am your host, Josh, and I'd like to thank you for stopping by. Uh, today we have a special one. Uh, we have guest uh, Libre X Sankara on to discuss the revolutionary history of Borinquen, uh, or what we commonly hear referred to as Puerto Rico. Um, we uh, go into a very great uh, discussion, and uh, Comrade Libre does a fantastic job explaining uh, the long and beautiful revolutionary history of Borinquens, um, who time and time again have stood up against uh, Yankee imperialism, against colonialism, and against continued oppression by this capitalist bourgeois system. Uh, thanks again so much for listening. I hope you'll enjoy this. Um, right in the beginning, uh, Comrade Libre goes ahead and lets us know where to follow them and their work. So please go do that. Um, I appreciate you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, without further ado, I give you uh, Libre X Sankara. How's it going, my friend? Can you hear me? Peace, peace. Yes, I can hear you. So glad to be able to speak with you, my friend. How are you? I am doing well. Got some coffee brewing. Getting ready to jump into this dialogue with you. So I'm excited. Yes, me too, my friend. Very excited. Um, so would you like to go ahead and maybe introduce yourself for those of you, uh, those who haven't uh, uh, heard from you, maybe? Absolutely. Not a, not a problem, comrade. Um, so peace. Um, peace lessons um bienvenido um bonsoir um that's uh spanish creole to um all my peoples um i'm libre ex sankara um member contributor of um troika collective um i'm an afro-boricua poet and communist based out of um sequester mikasuki and seminole land also known as miami florida um, and I organize using uh, theory and action. And um, a lot of my work uh, mostly involves uh, engaging youth, fostering radical imagination. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm a poet. I'm helping build alternatives outside of capitalism, like community gardens, um, and organizing community towards international proletarian struggle. Uh, so I'm also a cultural worker because um, as an artist, uh, I dedicate my art to, uh, to working class people. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Very, very awesome, my friend. So thankful and happy to be able to have you on. Um, so thankful to our homie Ramiro. Shout out Ramiro uh, for connecting us. Uh, go check out uh, his stuff as well if you haven't already. That's Ramiro Sebastian Foynez. Uh And while we're at it, we can maybe get this done at the top of the show. Uh, is there anywhere uh, folks could find your stuff, especially like Troika Collective? Because that is incredible work that you folks are doing. 100%. Um, and uh, 
So just to give folks a quick introduction to Troika Collective as a whole, um, we're a collective that, um, that focuses on the global South, Latin America, the Caribbean, um, Africa, Asia, um, and Turtle Island, which is what indigenous folks refer to this um, occupied land as. Um, and uh, we help to, to talk about truth um, and really uh, to be in principle struggle with our comrades that either already have sovereignty, um, countries like Cuba, um, uh, North, uh, North Korea, um, China, um, Nicaragua, which we, uh, we just were. Um, and so you can find us on Instagram um, at Troika, T-R-O-I-K-A, collective with a K, K-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V. Um, we also have a website, um, TroikaCollective.com, um, and you can check us out. So feel free to connect with us. Um, we're actually getting ready to kick off a few campaigns. So there'll be some exciting things um, popping up on our social medias. We also have Twitter as well. And you can find us again at Twitter Collective. Very dope. Thanks so much, my friend. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I reached out to you because I've been going through and uh, listening to a lot of shows that I've I uh, I seem to have more and more podcasts and YouTube videos piling up every day. So I'm just getting to some, you know, stuff that maybe six months ago I said, oh, I'd really love to listen to and learn about this. And one of those things was your uh, episode, uh, I believe one of your episodes, because I believe you've actually been on Anti-Conquista a few times, uh, but where you went into a discussion with uh, Ramiro about the history uh and the uh liberation of puerto rico um and uh the history of uh for example the uh Rican struggle uh and that really honestly uh to be 100 percent with you i know absolutely nothing about that history uh growing up in central new york it apparently wasn't an important topic according to <laughs> my school board uh so i never to be honest i mention this all the time to to people i speak with i didn't even learn geography in my classes at school so we missed a lot and and one of them being the incredible history uh, that you spoke so eloquently about on that show. And I was so excited when uh, Ramiro said that he did have your contact information because uh, I really wanted to get you on the show and talk about this because I feel not only myself, but many, many people who come from similar backgrounds to me, you know, just a general working class family. I grew up really conservative, so I guess that, you know, might be different than some folks, but that definitely played a role in the lack of history of anything that I ever learned. But I feel like very few people that I know, know anything about these struggles. So I was so happy when you said yes, that you would come on. Um, and I'm very glad to be able to get into this with you. So would you maybe like to give us a little bit of an intro, maybe, uh, you know, give us the, the things up front that, uh, you'd like to discuss and then we can go maybe into depth a little bit yeah 100 um so first of all um um 
you know, we're going to preface this dialogue by saying, um, you know, um, I'm a scientific socialist. I don't pretend to know everything. Um, I'm in constant processes of learning um, um, and pay homage to uh, Paulo Freire for giving us the platform of popular education um, so that um, so that we can always be learning. Um, and so this is simply just me offering up uh, information that I'm aware of, but I'm always willing um, to dive into dialogue about um, my opinions um, and, and the work that we're doing to liberate our country from the illegal invasion of the US. So, um, so I'll, I'll start with a really brief um, introduction into, um, into some of the history of our struggles, right? Um, uh, you know, it is Indigenous Peoples Day, um, right? And so paying homage to our Indigenous ancestors, we'll start with some um, revolutionary Indigenous resistance um, to colonization. We'll um, jump into um, the 1930s, um, leading up to the 1950s, where um, there are some concrete examples of the U.S. attacks um, on our people um, and our independence movement. Um, and then um, we can jump from the, uh, the 50s to present. So like I said, there's going to be a lot of information. I'll try to give names and organizations so that folks can um, jump into, like really reading more about specific things. Um, but we also have to recognize we're in we're in the uh, we're in empire, right? And so a lot of the access to knowledge they're not going to offer to us is information that we have to go out and find um, and be in community with. And so, um, you know, like I'm I'm grateful to be here so that we can all learn more together and always willing to connect not only for the liberation of my people but for the liberation of new Africans, um, indigenous people, trust people all over the world. Oh yeah, that's awesome, my friend. So. Maybe why don't we why don't we start right from the beginning then? Maybe give us the the history starting from you know kind of first well, encounter. Oh, go ahead. My apologies. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, thank you for that um, intro. Um, so we were first invaded in uh, 1493 by the Spanish. Not even gonna name that colonizer's name. Uh, but they invaded Borinquen, which is the indigenous name for um, our country, which is um, why as Boricuas, we call ourselves Boricuas. It means we're from the land of Borinquen. Um, so the indigenous name um, is, is what I refer to it as personally. Um, the colonized name would be Puerto Rico, which if you translate that um, from Spanish to English means rich port, which is a colonial as well as capitalistic form of viewing one's colony. Um, and then um, we'll jump into, again, this is a brief history. Uh, so there's a lot of context that's happening in the middle of all these things. Um, in 1510, there's um, two really important events that happen. Um, again, indigenous resistance. Um, the Taino peoples um, had a cacique named um, Urayoan, U-R-A-Y-O-A-N. Um, who uh, I would argue is a scientific socialist before the term existed. Um, he wanted to test the theory that um, Spanish people were immortal. Um, and so he carried um, a conquistador, 
uh, into the deepest part of, into the deepest part of a river, and then they held him down to see if he would survive or die. Clearly, you know, he died, um, which sparked a series of indigenous um, rebellions throughout the island. Um, uh, probably one of the more well-known um, caciques is um, um, Aguevana. Um, so they, they led a lot of these um, indigenous movements against um, the Spanish colonization. Um, we're gonna hop. We're gonna hop into um, into the Haitian Revolution because um, uh, it does play a role, right? On the 1804, Haiti fought and successfully won um, its revolution, and um, which led to uh, the ending of slavery, the abolishment of slavery throughout the Americas and the liberation of a lot of countries in Latin America, specifically connected to the, um, the work and um, the efforts of our Haitian brothers and sisters. Um, so always gotta pay respect to our Haitian brothers and sisters and peoples um, that come from that beautiful island of IIT. Um, then, we're going to jump to uh, um, 1868. Um, in 1868, we have a few uh, important uprisings. Um, well, we have the beginnings of uprisings being built, right? Um, so in 1868, Cuba begins to fight for its, independent, um, for its independence and the abolishment of slavery, understanding that Cuba is one of the last place to, places to get rid of slavery. Um, and then we jump into 1898, uh, where we have El Grito de Lares, um, which is one of our more well-documented rebellions against Spanish um, colonization, um, semi-successful. Um, it was led by the efforts of Ramon Emeterio Betances y Alacan, otherwise known as Ramon Emeterio Betances, um, who was uh, a medical doctor, um, and an independence fighter. Um, he worked with um, individuals like Lola Rodriguez de Tio, who wrote our, um, our song, Labor in Kenya, which is our, uh, national, our national song, right, that, that we would sing, like to pay homage to our country. And it's interesting to note the original version uh, talks about uh, Cuba and um, and so it's, it's not in the popularized version that most people are familiar with, but the original version is a lot more uh, revolutionary than the current version that most people would be familiar with. Um, and there's also Eugenio Maria de Hostos, um, educator, um, well-known throughout Latin America because um, he's actually part of the reason why women um, are in um, educational institutions. He made a scientific argument in favor of educating women um, in the 19th century. Um, and so there, um, he helped to found some. Uh, but these are all people that were working in unison with um, uh, building a united front. Um, so we'll focus in on 1898 where um, 
there is um, the building up of something called the Antilles Confederation, which is a union between um, Cuba, Borinquen, um, the Dominican Republic, Haiti, St. Thomas, um, and a few other islands throughout the Antilles to create um, a federation against imperialism. Um, it was not successful, but a lot of good things did come out of it. Um, and there was a lot of efforts being built, again, against Euro uh, Europeans um, with the very looming uh, US intervention. There's, uh, go ahead. There's, uh, it's, it's incredible. The, the most amazing thing about history is there's always more to learn. And you find that especially with independence and national liberation movements throughout colonized places that from the first, you know, sighting of the colonizers through until the very day that they have independence or, you know, national liberation, there is constant, constant fighting. So I, I find it incredible how much history there really is to uncover. Yes, and it's, again, like, these are all, like, intentional withholdings um, of information. Um, and, again, like, this is also just touching the tip of the iceberg. Um, a lot of these things are things that we can dive deeper in and get into a lot of the specifics. Um, but um, 1898 is also important to understand because that is the day that the U.S. on July 25th, 1898, is the day that the U.S. military invaded Borinquen um, and forced it to be a colony um, of the United States, uh, United Snakes of America. Um, and so um, therein begins the, the modern day context of our struggle for liberation um, going from one colonizer to the next. Um, we are not a colonized people. We are people that are in resistance against colonization and have been since 1493. Um, and again, the US is legally occupying our land, our country. Um, a few other individuals of importance that I'm just going to throw out there. Um, uh, folks should look up uh, Luisa Capetillo. Um, she's an anarchist socialist um, from, uh, from the 19th, uh, early 20th century. Um, she's pretty lit because she actually helped um, to, uh, to build up and form uh, a really strong union um, tobacco Workers Union, um, and, and she also pushed against um, gender norms. Um, she is a, a woman that um, in her time, right in, the, in 1905, she was going around organizing tobacco workers wearing pants um, and fighting for the equality of gender uh, long, long before it was uh, mainstream or could be co-opted by liberals. Um, and we're gonna, we're gonna begin to move into the 1920s, um, where there were a lot of, uh, illegal, um, experimenting, um, of the Boricua people, uh, which kind of sets the tone for and creates the environment, um, 
for such a strong independence movement, right? Unfortunately, we, unfortunately, we live in the reality where a lot of individuals, not a lot, some individuals will not like uh, move towards uh, liberation or, or uh, will remain pacified until they're kind of put in this very awkward um, predicament where like they can no longer deny that they are um, a something that is being acted upon, right? That that imperialism is acting upon you and that um, that it does not recognize your humanity, um, right? It recognizes you for the capital that you can bring to the individual that is in charge of the modes of production. Um, and so in 1927, um, there is about a 10 year time period where the US, um, the US, uh, what is this called? Illegally, they perform, um, it's called La, La Operacion. There's a documentary on YouTube called La Operacion, um, where in a span of about um, uh, one decade, uh, women in um, one third of the uh, women and individuals that can get pregnant in Borinquen were, st were sterilized. They were not told that this was an irreversible procedure. Um, it was offered um, to some um, where there, there was a little bit more consent. Um, it, um, it was offered for free at the job, right? So you could go into your company um, and they would highly encourage the women um, to get sterilized, but they, they did not talk to them. They did not educate them about uh, what that sterilization meant. And so what we have is in the 1930s, people found this out and began, be, really began uh, to, to understand that the relationship that the U.S. sold to Boric was about what its relationship would be to the U.S. was a lie. And that um, the only real purpose um, to have, uh, to have Borinquen would be to own it, to exploit it, and to take advantage of its people. Um, and, um, and this effort was led by an asshole named um, Dr. Cornelius Rhodes. He was highlighted in Time Magazine, oddly enough, as well for his uh, contributions to science. A lot of the, his contributions to science um, have negatively affected our um, our communities, um, black and brown here in the U.S. as well. Um, hmm. And uh, one second comment. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, perfect. Had to switch headphones. Um, and what you also have in the 1930s, um, while while people are organizing, um, while people are organizing to try to hold the U.S. government accountable, um, you also have uh, what would be the modern day equivalent of uh, neoliberals. Um, you have an individual by the name of Luis Munoz Marin, um, who creates the um, the Partido. Uh, it's called the Pepe de the um, something Partido um, Democrata. 
um, it's the Democratic Party of uh, of Puerto Rico, um, which would be uh, the party that works alongside the CIA and the FBI to to directly attack what is also happening in this time period in the 1930s. There is a big push um, to join the um, uh, the the PNPR, Partido Nacionalista de Puerto Rico, which is the, um, which at the time was the leading um, force uh, towards the independence of Borinquen away from the U.S., uh, directly citing that in order to have sovereignty, we must remain, um, we must not remain a colonial subject to the U.S., but rather an independent nation that is in relationship to um which is very different than um the uh liberal party which really let's be in relationship to the u.s they can offer us funds um it would be a relationship that would be mutually beneficial um which is obviously a lie um and the so essentially you have these two um conflicting parties, the um, Partido Nacionalista de Puerto Rico, and then the Partido Democrático de Puerto Rico. Um, one is fighting to continue our relationship with the U.S. The other one is actively fighting and believes in armed struggle towards and against the U.S. Um, occupation of our island. Um, and so clearly, individuals um, such as Pedro Albizu Campos, um, uh, what is it, Blanca Canelas, um, individuals that are affiliated with the um, Nationalist Party of Puerto Rico that are also fighting for independence are also being surveilled by the, um, by the FBI in what would be the, um, the conditions that set forth the creation of COINTELPRO. So before COINTELPRO, um, there were FBI agents um, obviously paying attention to movements happening throughout Latin America um, and, and the Caribbean, specifically places like um, Puerto Rico, where um, you have uh, nationalist movements, places like Grenada, right, where, um, where you also have um, socialist parties rising up throughout um, Latin America and the Caribbean. And they start to create um, files on these individuals. Um, and... So it's also important to note for folks that are like really into history and really into theory, um, Borinquen's national movement does not directly contradict scientific socialism or the move towards sovereignty in our country, in the context of our country, right? Because nationalism in our country has always been equated with the independence movement. So it's a particular, right, like every country and revolution is particular to the place that it happens. Um, so just for context for folks. Um, I think, I think, just, excuse me, just real quick, I, I would say for folks who want to, you know, go further on that discussion of nationalism and its different forms, Luna Oi uh, does a great video discussing, for example, Vietnam's uh nationalism throughout uh -huh. the the years of uh struggle ho chi minh's 
uh, discussions on such. These are, you know, incredible things that we ought to be learning and trying to understand. Um, continue, my friend. Just wanted to say that piece. No, 100%. Vietnam's a great example. A lot of a lot of the political that um, a lot of the a lot of the Boricuas that ended up fighting an armed struggle against the U.S. military occupation of our country were former Vietnam vets that when they were in Vietnam, they began to become politicized and understand that uh, the U.S. government is only asking black and brown folks to put their bodies on the line, not to change the material conditions, not to change the systematic ways in which people are oppressed um, in this country, but to further occupy other countries. And so um, individuals like um, Oscar Lopez Rivera, who spent 37 years as a political prisoner and a prisoner of war of the United States government, was an individual that served in Vietnam and fought for this bullshit-ass imperialism that we try to spread to the world with the idea that that comes with democracy, even though it does not exist here. Um, so places like Vietnam are really important because they, those are also places that when we're talking about liberation, these are places that have principled um, understandings of what it, like the reason why Boricuas are fighting for independence. Um, and they have always been um, supporters of um, our struggles for independence. Um, so, you know, like our information is, we can tie all this information together. Um, but um, the 1930s, um, just to, to get us back onto point and then also to move um, into the 1950s. Um, in the 1930s, there's a super important event that happens. Um, well, there's a series of events. Um, there is the Ponce Massacre, which happened in um, 1937, where um, 18 people uh, were killed. They were unarmed, and they were marching in a parade. Um, they were marching in a parade. They were affiliated um, and were members. Um, they were cadets of the Partido Nacionalista de Puerto Rico. Um, and they were killed because uh, the U.S. government saw them as a in direct defiance with um, with the U.S. military occupation, um, and they saw that they were beginning to get to become a popular movement. So people were buying into what was being talked about in terms of independence and nationalism. Um, so there was a massacre. It was recorded unbeknownst to the U.S. government. Um, it was recorded by a, a Boricua uh, 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 document, documentarian, um, but um, there was children that were killed, unfortunately, in this as well. Um, what's, what's key to note is, instead of any type of accountability being um, put on the U.S. military um, or on the U.S.-sponsored um, National Guard, um, is uh, which is who the U.S. funds to maintain its military occupation on Borinquen, um, right? Is that no one was arrested, right? Um, the, well, the people that were arrested were part of the Nationalist Party, right? Because it was said that um, that they were that there was a conspiracy against the U.S. government, um, espionage, like all this, all these things that would happen. Um, 
as you can imagine, would happen um, as any country trying to liberate itself from the grips and the tentacles of U.S. imperialism. Um, so a lot of uh, these Boricuas um, that were part of our struggle were imprisoned. Um, as a matter of fact, that same day, um, 150 people were wounded, um, eight uh, nationalists were arrested, um, and more were arrested throughout the island under um, the orders uh, of the U.S. government. And they um, they would go on to serve um, long sentences. Um, some of them, um, at this time, um, there would have been something called the gag law, um, la ley de la mordaza, which if you did any type of... Um, if you did any type of organizing, talking about singing, about independence of Borinquen, if you held a Borinquen flag, a Boricua flag, right? The flag that a lot of Boricuas wear nowadays. It's like, yo, like, why are y'all so proud? Like, why do you all wear that? Um, like on everything. A lot of people don't understand that there was literally a 10-year period where if you were to be caught with the Boricua flag or if you were to sing La Borinquenya, you would get a minimum of seven up to 15 years in prison, right? And so um, the U.S. has placed direct attacks, which has led us to like, yeah, I guess somewhat of a cultural revolution um, as we're in the process of moving towards actual revolution. Um, and we're gonna get ready to hop into the period of the 1950s leading us up to the current moment. So how are you feeling, comrade? I'm feeling good, my friend. I'm just absorbing it all. I got this notebook right here. I'm writing down everything that I can because, I mean, to be honest with you, this is, this is, I mean, I, I don't, I, it's a lot. And I'm meaning to say that as it's incredible how much you know, it's incredible how much uh, has been done. It's incredible how much uh, resistance and fight uh, that people have put up. And it's incredible the lengths that the state will go to to suppress these movements, to put down people, you, you know, seven to 15 years for having a, a, a flag and singing a song. And it, it's incredible to think what the state wouldn't do to to stop something like this so i'm just at in, in awe of of you and in this amazing history my friend so i'm glad to listen on continue absolutely um and and just so that y'all know my typical way is uh like i'm a popular educator so and i work with youth a lot so this is not my typical you know like like i said y'all definitely reach out to troika collective um, and comrades are always willing to like talk because how else are we gonna how else are we gonna move towards principal struggle if we're not talking bouncing ideas off of one another, um, doing self critique as comrade Mao Zedong would uh would suggest um you know shout out to Juche um from North Korea right because um they really have done leaps and bounds in terms of ways that we can um we can learn from one another and how revolutions are particular to the places that they come from. Um, and so we didn't get ready to jump into the 1950s. Um, again, I'm gonna do my best to like condense. Um, so, you know, either write down dates and names and you can like dive more into these. Um, 
in the 1950s um, is when um, the Partido Nacionalista de Puerto Rico um, really starts to gain some traction. Um, at this point, they have uh, they have been organizing within unions, mostly tobacco farms, um, and um, peasant movements, uh, farmers movements throughout um, throughout the country. Why? Because those are working class people that are being taken advantage of. But if you use the power of unions, um, you know, if you unionize people, I mean, the masses are always going to outnumber, uh, you know, people that think they're in positions of power, people that are trying to take advantage of you. And that is why we is like, you know, as a as a Marxist-Leninist scientific socialist is like, yo, we always have the power. It's all about perception, right? So there are significantly less capitalists in this world. We shouldn't be fucking trying to somehow justify what they're doing. They're fucked up. They shouldn't exist. We need to move towards, we need socialism moving us towards communism because that is what is common. That is what's communal. That is what community is, right? That no one is taken advantage of and exploited, including our relationship to mother nature as our indigenous comrades um, always remind us. Um, so in the 1950s, um, uh, you have the Partido um, Nacionalista de Puerto Rico um, getting attacked again by the U.S. government, um, but also um, that there are direct attacks within um, Boricuas, right? We cannot pretend that everyone holds the same position, right? I'm like one of the amount of people I can count on my hand in my family that my family knows that I'm an independentista, right? And that I'm a communist, right? Um, and so if we understand this history, we understand why our grandparents, great-grandparents, um, and our parents told us or try to tell us, oh, like, no, 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 don't do that stuff. You know, like, just listen, go to school. Nah, fuck that. We, we have a history of revolution. We've been fighting for independence. And the only reason why we don't have it is because the U.S. government has placed direct attacks, direct sanctions on Borinquen, like the Jones Act. Um, and so um, in the 1950s, on October 30th, um, there was a series of uprisings that were led throughout the island, right? So on October 30th, 1950, in Ponce, in Mayagüez, in Naranjito, in Arecibo, in Utuado, um, and in San Juan and Hayuya, um, there are uprisings, right? So in all these places, there are uprisings happening throughout the country, um, towards armed struggle to declare um, Borinquen free again. Um, and the best story is, um, one of the more well-known stories is um, Blanca Canales, right? Um, Afro-Boricua, feminist as fuck. Um, she, led, um, she led the charge um, in Hayuya and um, actually raised the Puerto Rican flag. They tore down the fucking U.S. imperialist flag. They put up the Boricón, and they declared it was the second time that, that someone had declared Puerto Rico a free nation. Um, the first time was in 1898 in Lares, and the second time was um, Comrade Canales in 1950 um, in these uprisings. Um, it's 1950 or 1952. You can check. 
Um, again, I don't know everything. Like, let's work together. Um, what you also have um, going into um, 52, there's a push um, by Luis Munoz Marin, who heads the um, the PPD, um, which is the, I guess, Democratic Party. Uh, why they're important, um, not only is it because they're Vende Patrias, but because they created the conditions for us to be known um, under our current colonial status of Commonwealth. Um, uh, as in Spanish, it's called ELA, um, Estado Libre Asociado, right? Um, the freely associated state of um, Puerto Rico. And essentially what that does is um, it serves two purposes. Um, when it was passed in 1952, it took us off of the list of colonized countries, which the UN has a list of countries that it recognizes to be colonies. Um, and, and then it has to address the um, that relationship to between colonizer and colonized. The US, um, the US ensured that Borinquen was taken off of that list, that we received this, um, this limbo status um, that really allows the U.S. to to perpetually um, to perpetually uh, succumb Boricuas to colonization. Um, and I'm gonna tell y'all, look up, um, familiarize yourself with COINTELPRO. Um, it's an organization that directly attacked a lot of these popular movements, including those happening in Borinquen. Um, and um, we're going to jump into um, the 60s, right? Um, and then just bring us up to date, right? So in the 50s, you have a, a, a large national push. They begin to actually um, illuminate or, or get other Boricuas here stateside um, in, in the belly of the beast to start pushing for movement as well um, against the illegal occupation of Borinquen for the self-determination. So if folks are familiar, right, um, uh, you would have heard of the Young Lords, which uh, is an organization of um, young communists, um, Boricuas, um, and other folks. It wasn't exclusively Boricuas. It was led by Boricuas. Um, they had the 13-point program. Y'all should check it out. They work very closely with organizations like the Black Panthers. Um, Young Lords was founded in Chicago um, and then also had branches in New York, um, in San Juan, um, and in other places throughout the U.S., um, like Milwaukee. I know for sure they had a branch out of Milwaukee. Um, but... The interesting thing about the 1960s and 70s as well is there's the creation of a lot of um, Marxist-Leninist organizations. So when we're talking about organizations like the Young Lords, we're also going to talk about Los Macheteros, which were um, scientific socialists based here, uh, based in Borinquen, right, that believed in armed struggle against the U.S. Uh, and so they were heavily militant. They were very organized. Um, and they helped to plan a very um, important and necessary event. Um, one of, I guess, the thing that um, that they're known for is to do um, their actions against the illegal occupation of the U.S. government on specific days. 
Um, for example, September 20, no, September 12th is Pedro Albizus Campos' birthday. And I believe that's the same day that some of them uh, robbed robbed uh, one of these banks for a lot of money that still has not been found. Um, but anyways, that's not the point. The point is that there were Boricuas in, um, that, were, that understood that peace is something you fight for. Like Comrade Fred Hampton said, right? Like, if you want peace, you got to fight for it. If you're not willing to fight for peace, then you don't. Right? Because we don't live in this in this picture-perfect world. We're not, um, um, what is it, revolutionary uh, utopians. Right? I'm not utopic. I'm a scientific socialist. I believe revolution is a science. We should be in armed struggle, and we should be strategic. We should use theory move us towards action to change the conditions that we live in and that it will take on the particular characteristics of the place that it's in. And so for Borinque and for Boricuas, right, like these are people that are beginning to use um, the theories that have been not only given, uh, not only like offered to us, right, but there are concrete examples of where they have worked, right? At this point, um, you know, Cuba uh, has the independence, right? And so we're seeing, we're seeing Cuba over here. You know, we got comrades in China. Uh, we see Vietnam fighting against the U.S. government. There are there are countries that are using. Um, there's Russia. How could I forget Russia? Wow, USSR. Um, <laughs> And, and so there are places that are actually like building a revolution that is already in the process of happening, right? At this point, Nicaragua as well. So um, there's a, a particular, particularly important movement towards scientific socialism, the Ejército Popular Boricua, um, which people would know as the Macheteros, right? Um, is like probably the best example, um, the best example of that. Um, and um, they were born out of an uh, organization that still exists um, called the Movimiento Socialista de Trabajadoras y Trabajadores, MST party. Um, they're based, they still exist um, on social media, their Bandera Roja, that's their um, media outlet, uh, but they do some really dope work. Um, we're going to move us uh, into... Um, our current day movement, the current, um, the current context. So please, again, like look those people up. Like Filiberto Ojeda's Rios is a great individual that um, that did a lot of theory, but then also moved a lot of things towards action under the Macheteros and the education, um, the popular education movement that they were able to do. Like there's just so much individuals and people that I can't really name just because of time constraints. But like I said, like write some of these names down and look into the work um, that they're doing. And we'll be sure to have you on again to discuss more. Like this is the first of many discussions we have to have on this. Cause there's so much to learn. Um, you know, so much to dive into. Um, and so I guess kind of uh, moving us towards like the current moment, um, you know, we want to uh, to highlight in um, the 1990s, right? We have to understand the U.S. is an imperial colonizer. And so if something happens here 
Ansaro Island, it happens worse in the colonies, right? And Borinquen, I want to be clear, is not the only colony that the U.S. still owns. There is Guam. There is uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, American Samoas. There are many countries, and shout out to comrades over there that are in their own liberation struggles. Hawaii was forced to become a state. That needs to be resolved as well. Um, so in the 1990s, um, to get back on track, there is the war on crime that was created um, by the fucker that liberals said is a better option than Trump. Right, 1994 crime bill, right? Thanks to uh, to Joe Biden, uh, creates the conditions for there to be a war on crime, um, war on pobreza back in our islands that directly um, affected uh, our black and brown youth uh, in terms of mass incarceration, um, and in creating the conditions where poverty is criminalized instead of. Um, instead of uh, addressed at the root cause, right? And I think that's one of probably the most important duties that we have, not only as Boricuas, right, but as uh, as communists, um, right? Um, Vijay Prashad said something that always sticks to me, right? He's like, communists are people from the future, right? Because they have an understanding of the world that we're creating. And so, right, like, as people that are in the process of building the thing, like, we have direct family members that were affected by this communities that are still affected by the so-called war on drugs, um, the so-called war on crime. Um, and it's something that still affects us. Um, Borinquen as a country has one of the highest uh, per capita uh, uh, homicide rates in the world. Keep in mind, we're not the biggest country. We're, I believe like a hundred, by 35, 100 miles by 35 miles. In that small country, we were reaching um, crime rates as high as that of Mexico. Like, serious problem. Um, un our unemployment rate currently is 40, 47%. Um, in 2003, um, we were able to get back Vieques, which half of it was taken um, forced, forcibly by the U.S. Um, the U.S. Navy and used as a military testing site. So they would literally drop bombs, right? The same bombs that they were dropping on our comrades in other countries, they was dropping on our Boricua comrades in Vieques um, on one half of the island. And they said that the radiation wouldn't affect anybody. Well, it turns out that now that the U.S. military is no longer um, on that land, um, that a place like Vieques, the people um, suffer significantly higher rates of cancer. Um, they currently don't have a fully functioning hospital because uh, the poor infrastructure that a, colon that a colony is subject to um, because uh, we have this horrible thing called La Junta Fiscal, um, which is, um, if people are familiar with the with Haiti, Haiti was forced to pay for its independence to France, right? Um, Boricuas are subject to um, something very similar, where the U.S. government says that we owe them seventy-one um, billion dollars, and somehow we're supposed to pay that back. That's why Boricuas 
currently are subject to um, 11% taxation. Um, and so there are a lot of discussing things happening, um, the current situation. Um, and then when we, when we hop on another call, I can dive more into the particulars of our current situation, but I'm gonna dive really deeply into the things that are most important. Um, there is the PROMESA, look it up, it's an acronym. Um, PROMESA is a US federal law that was um, enacted in 2016 that is illegal, um, that forces us to pay a supposed amount of money that we owe the US government. Oh, I see 123 billion. Um, and, um, and that same year is actually, um, well, it would take us into Hurricane Maria um, and not having the infrastructure um, to provide for our own people um, left to the will of, of Americans, uh, the US government, which we barely ever got aid and a lot of people passed away. Um, we're going to um, also just highlight the fact that um, this upcoming Friday, there is um, this Friday, the 15th, there is a national movement happening. There's going to be people meeting up in New York, Chicago, in Miami, all in support of Borinquen against our um, one of our campaigns, which is Fuera Luma. Luma is um, the electric, the private electric company that was forced upon us this year by the US government um, and they privatized the electric grid because they said it would improve um, the quality for Boricuas. But again, this was not a popular movement, right? This is not what people were asking for. This is what was given to us and forced onto us because we cannot make our own decisions by law. US law trumps whatever we do. We need permission to do anything. Um, and so the problem with this privatization is to is is it's there's many folds to it. One, our electric um, our electricity bills have gone up four times this year. Um, two, this uh, this private entity has received more public funds than the um, the former organization that was in charge of it the Ultier, which is our electric, um, uh, our electric union. Um, so it was essentially the largest uh, union of, of working class people in Borinquen that was just undone by this recent privatization. Um, and there have been outages. Uh, when I was there not too long ago, last week to be exact, um, and I was taking care of my elder, my grandpa, the electricity on Tuesday, went out four times, right? And my grandpa is not dependent on a machine, right? If he was, he would have been subject to, to near death um, experiences. And unfortunately, this is not, um, this is happening all throughout. So people are, are uprising against this uh, illegal privatization of the electric grid um, against the um, La Junta, um, the, the fiscal control board, again, illegally appointed by the U.S. government. Um, and ultimately, we're trying to resolve the main contradictions, which would be, which means 
that um, that we have to understand that um, as uh, Comrade uh, Filiberto Ojeda's Rios says, that we are a colonized country. When someone invades your country, you have an obligation and a duty to fight for your freedom. And so we are in we are in that struggle. Part of that is food sovereignty. And we learned that with our comrades in Nicaragua that we're talking about how food sovereignty is a way to allow um, people to maintain their sovereignty and to, to um, have a healthy relationship to nature. Um, we also um, are asking for sovereignty, right? Um, that, that we can take socialism to Borinquen and we in the diaspora have a duty to go back to our peoples, right? To, to fight for what our peoples have worked so hard um, to build so that colonizers, like so that in a few years, Yankees don't say like rename it and just make something theirs. We have an obligation. There's people like Oscar um, Lopez Rivera that spent 37 years locked up fighting for our independence, right? Um, and there are so many other comrades. There was 11 people that were locked up, right, um, as political prisoners or prisoners of war that spent 19 to 37 years. We still have comrades locked up like Leonard Peltier. We still have comrades locked up like um, Matulu Shakur, right? And so we had to be um, in principle struggle um, fighting against imperialism and addressing the contradictions um, and... Um, there's articles on our website, Troika Collective. Um, I make an argument on how Borinquen is the crux of capitalism um, and that we really, you know, need to be organizing um, in principle struggle with Boricuas, with people in Palestine, right? Always got to shout out comrades in Palestine. Um, and so, yo, like, this is the struggle that I'm committed to. This is a little bit of the history of, of where my peoples come from one of my struggles, because I have many struggles, I have obligations to people in Borinquen, I have an obligation to, to new Africans and indigenous folks here on Turtle Island, um, and we have obligations to countries all around the world that either have or are fighting for their own sovereignty um, and using the science of revolution to do that. So, um, you know, also just keep in mind the words of Milkar Cabral. You measure people's potential for independence based on how different their, their culture is from the oppressor. And so we're in that active process of creating something that is distinctly not only anti-imperialist, but so rooted in, in communism that we can continue to carry on this task and duty um, that we have to our people to make that a reality. Holy shit. That was incredible, my friend. That That was awesome. I mean... There was so much, so much to to learn, and I'm so excited to be able to, you know, start down those paths. Um, you finished incredibly on a point that I think is so central to what many struggles all across the world are fighting for, which is the end of the U.S. empire, um, the end of capitalism, and the end of imperialist oppression. Because whether it is, you know, in Palestine or whether it is here in the United States on Turtle Island, uh, whether it is in, uh, you know, the Philippines, whether it's in Brazil, uh, people are calling out every single day 
for liberation, for true emancipation from this bourgeois system that we have today. And I think you put it so eloquently and gave so much, you know, context that uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a, a better rundown, my friend. Um, the audio does cut at 59.59. Um, so if you would like to, to add anything um, before you go, maybe hit on anything that you, you'd like uh, to see us out. Yeah, um, I'll just make it quick, right? Like, yo, definitely dive into things um, in terms of of uh, places to visit, right? Like, definitely check out Bandera Roja um, on Instagram um, and and other comrades doing work. There's um, there's a great book that's um, that's called the uh, Socialist Struggle for Armed Revolution in Puerto Rico that I'm trying to get my hands on. And if I do, I'll make that uh, readily available online. But um, there's also The War Against All Puerto Ricans. It's a book by um, Dennis. Oof, I forget Kamaz's last name. But War Against All Puerto Ricans. Look it up. It'll give you some good historical context using FBI files that were made public uh, to talk about our liberation struggles and you know, we just got to learn more and, and be in spaces and be be willing to be challenged. And we're just taking on the revolutionary task that was left to us by um, our comrades, um, you know, that have played their role in our historical struggles for liberation of our people. So, you know, like our comrades say in, in Borinquen, uh, the Machu titles say, right? Palante, siempre palante, forward, always forward. So peace, comrades. Peace out, my friend. Great talking with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Peace out. Peace.